Uh, Open your Bibles, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Ephesians 5, 21. Or if you're lazy, just look at the screen. We, We put it up there for you. 521, short little verse, easy to memorize. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another. Now that's that word submit. It's a, it's a hard word, isn't it? It's a strange word. Um, but I want to illustrate to you what that looks like, if I could. Go ahead and show the video so y'all can see what submit looks like. Is that what y'all think of when you think of submit? Fortunately, that's probably, probably most of us. Uh, that's how we submit, I would say, right? Some of us maybe do a little better. You may be like the little boy in the back of the car who stood up while he was going down the road and his mother said, sit down because you could get hurt. He said, no, I'm not sitting down. She said, sit down right now. You're not supposed to be standing in the car. He said, no. So she reached back and set him down. And he glared at her and she glared at him and he said, mommy, on the outside I'm sitting down, but on the inside I'm standing up. Some of us submit that way, don't we? It's like we do it, but we ain't happy about it, right? We're going we're gonna to show it. But the scripture that Paul gives us here, he says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We don't like that word submit. Why don't we like the word submit? Well, I, I'll tell you, I think it's for three reasons. Like one of them is just unpopular. It's politically incorrect. Um, it goes against our culture. We are a fight-back culture, aren't we? We can take out our phone. We got our lawyer's number in there. We're, we can dial our lawyer if something happens. And, you know, we're just that culture who created tap out. Does anybody know what tap out is? Raise your hand. A couple. Gosh, the first hour, all the senior adults were like, I'm just kidding, they didn't. But tap out, you know, when I was growing up, we watched boxing. And we watched Mike Tyson walk into the ring and knock people out, bite their ears off, stuff like that. We loved boxing. It was cool. But then after that, we got into kickboxing. It was a whole lot more fun to watch because not only did you have to watch the hands coming at you, you could, if you took your eyes off it, the foot would fly by and knock you in the head, right? And if you like that kind of stuff, I thought it was really cool. But now what they have is they have mixed martial arts and they take an octagon, it's a big cage, and they throw two guys in it, and the two guys go at each other and they fight. And the way that you win the fight is either you get knocked out, you knock somebody out, or you get your opponent to tap. And if he taps, the referee calls the fight. That means you've submitted. I submit. And so you watch this. And I'm going to tell you, I have watched this fighting. And I have seen guys who will, they'll get them in a chokehold. And all they have to do is tap. And the referee would stop it. But they refuse to tap to the point where they just pass out. They just go out. I even saw one time that they had a guy in an arm bar. And the guy refused to tap out to the point it broke his arm. That's how stubborn some of those fights. I mean, they're not going to submit. You can forget about it. It's a shame to submit. There's a lot of shame in that tap. And you can see those fighters' heads drop when they submit. They stand up and they've got their head down because it's unpopular. It goes against our culture. I mean, driving. How submissive are we in our driving? How, how about when you go to the DMV? How much submission do you see there, right? Um, Walmart. There was a video this past week with two women duking it out in the middle of Walmart. And I'm not really sure why, but they said that maybe there was one thing and both of them wanted it. And these women are all over just pounding with their kids standing there. I'm like, wow, it must have been a, a really important item that they were trying to get a hold of. 
But it's just, it's unpopular in our culture. Not only that, but it's unnatural. It's unnatural for us to want to submit, isn't it? I mean, we guard our territory. This is my territory. Don't get near it. You know, we argue. We'd rather argue with people than to submit. It's unnatural for us to, to want to just to submit something. And the last is this, understanding. We misunderstand. We misunderstand. When we hear submit, you know what we hear, what conjures in our mind, we think of a battered wife. Or we think of chains, shackles, a bad boss, a dictator like in North Korea. So we think of submission. Submit, it's a negative thought when we hear the word submit. And that's just the culture that we live in. That's the, that's the world that we live in. Where submit is not a great word. Now Paul says, listen, submit to one another. And we need to recover the lost art of submitting for our family's sake. We need to rediscover that and what it means for our families. There's a Greek word. You see it on the screen there. Listen, I, I pay a lot of money for seminary. I've got to use this Greek sometime, let me just tell you. About five classes of Greek, six classes in Greek, I, I need to use it. So you have to put up with it. It's upo tasso, to submit. That's that word. Now, the, the reason why us preacher people like to open up that Greek and look is because we can see how the word is used. And that word is used in a middle voice, which means it's voluntary. It's voluntary. So you have to voluntarily submit yourself, arrange yourself underneath someone else. You have to mutually do it. All right? Unselfishly defer to another person is something you do voluntarily. And but listen to what Paul says. He says, he says, to submit to one another out of what? What's the rest of that verse? Reverence for Christ. Listen, Paul says, what is your motivation? What is your motivation to want to submit? To submit to one another, there's motivation there. He says your motivation is out of deep respect for Jesus Christ, out of reverence for Jesus Christ. And here's what I will say. If you're struggling with the submit part, if you're struggling with submitting to one another, then you got the wrong motive. You're struggling with your relationship with Jesus. And why do I say that? Let's look and see what the Bible says. Uh, I put the, the verses in your, in your um, program so you can look at them later. I won't make you look them up now. But 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 13 says, Submit yourselves to, for the Lord's sake to human authority. Listen, you be a good citizen. You don't go out and be a troublemaker. You be a good citizen. You submit yourself for the Lord's sake to human authority. He also says that in verse uh, 19, it's commendable for you to bend underneath someone else's suffering, for you to join somebody in somebody else's suffering, submit yourself to the suffering of others because you're conscious of who God, of God. And chapter 3, verse 1 says, wives, submit to your husbands. See, throughout Scripture, it's telling us over and over and over, submit, submit. Submit. But we know our culture doesn't like it. But the Bible teaches it. 
So how do we bring those two together? How do we make that work in your life and in my life? Well, let's get to the motivation. Second, if you want to look up Philippians chapter 2, go ahead. I'm not going to put it on the screen so you can't be lazy. You have to look it up. Philippians chapter 2. Here's what Paul says in verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. And being found in the appearance of man, as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death. So here's Jesus. Why should we be, uh, have deep respect for Christ in this area of submission? Is because he was God in the flesh. The creator of the universe joined humanity in flesh and made himself a servant and lower than everybody else. And he took on your suffering and your pain and your sin. And he showed you what the ultimate submission looks like. Submitting himself to the Father on the cross on your behalf. And so Paul says, submit to one another out of deep reverence for Christ. Out of reverence for Jesus Christ. You see, what I'm saying is that if your motive is bad, if you don't have the right motive, and if your motive is not Jesus Christ and all that he did on the cross for you and for me, and and you've got a bad motive, your motive is yourself, then you can't submit to others. You can't follow his example. You can't have the mind of Christ Jesus and and treat other people uh, and put yourself underneath them voluntarily. So if you are not submitting to others, you're not showing reverence to Christ. In your relationships, if you're not able to submit in your relationship with Jesus, there's something wrong. He goes on to say, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to God the Father. See, I can hear your question, David, but if I submit, if I submit, that how will I get ahead? If I submit, how will I get what I want? If I submit, how will I ever get my way? I understand in business school, guys, they don't teach you the art of submission. They teach you to get ahead, to fight and claw your way to the top. And that's what we do because we don't trust that God will exalt us. See, Jesus fully trusted God and he laid his life down because he trusted that God would exalt him when the time came. But we don't. We think if I don't exalt myself, I won't get exalted. And we, we don't trust God to, to lift us up. We think we've got to do it by ourselves. And yet we need to have the mind of Christ, the mind, same mind that Jesus had. So what are the marks of someone who's submissive? What is the marks of a submissive person? 
Now, I'm going to direct this to dads this morning because it's Father's Day. But this will apply to anybody. Okay? Don't think you're getting a pass. You listen. But the marks of a submissive person is, number one, an eagerness to serve. An eagerness to serve, to die to self, offering of yourself to your family. Listen, I didn't say a willingness to serve. I said an eagerness to serve. An eagerness to to serve and to contribute to your family. Man, do you have a throne in your house? Now, I'm not talking about that throne. Y'all so nasty. Um, Okay, we all have one of those thrones. I'm talking about the porcelain one, all right? I'm talking about the one in your living room that's got a little thing that flips up to put your feet on. You could call it a lazy boy. But as a major point of confession this morning, too many times, here's what I do. I come home, and I walk in my house, and my behind finds its way to that comfortable imprint in that chair, and I kick up my feet, and I process what I've been doing that day, and I zone out, and I don't pay a whole lot of attention. And my wife, who's been at work all day, working harder than me, I'm sure, comes home, she does laundry, she does dishes, she sweeps the floor, she mops the floor, she vacuums, she, she takes care of the kids, she gives them supper. And I, ha- I can make a choice, can I, to get up out of my throne chair and go serve with her, contribute, but, or I could sit there and allow her to serve me as if I'm some king. And too many times I sit there. I'm not proud of it. But do you do that? Are you looking for ways to serve and contribute to your family? Or you just let others do it for you? Number two, an eagerness to serve. And number two, a willingness to sacrifice, to love your family men in such a way that it costs you something. To love your family in a, such a way that it costs you something. Listen, it may mean you don't get that promotion at work. You've worked hard in your job, and all of a sudden they're offering you a position, and it's, it's more prestige, a little more money, a whole lot more work, a whole lot less time with your family. And sometimes it means saying, I can't do that anymore. I can't step into that position because I would take time away from my family. And that's more important. It may also mean that your golf game suffers, guys. It may mean that you don't catch as many fish as you did last year or you don't kill the biggest buck you've ever seen. Whatever it is that pulls you away from your family is a willingness to sacrifice, a willingness to give up what I want for the sake of my family. This past week, um, my wife got a job teaching at a school, which we've been praying for and we're all excited about. And, you know, my kids and my wife had made this deal. If she gets a job teaching in the school, they're going to buy me a new TV for Father's Day. And I'm like, yes. So they come and they tell me, ah, you get to go pick out a TV. And I, you're talking about pumped, right? I've been needling her for years. Like, me, 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 I need a new TV. Because ours... You know, it's not like I need one because our 32 inches five. I can't read the words on it. They say that that has something more to do with my age and my eyes than it does the TV. 
I don't believe it. I think it's just TV's too small. Um, so we looked at some TVs, but, you know, the other night, I just sensed God saying, no, it's not time. And God said, God didn't say you can't have a TV, but God said, you don't need one right now. And I'm like, really, God? Seriously? I finally got the woman to say yes, and you're saying not now? Sometimes, I don't know why yet, but sometimes we need to listen and we need to be willing. And I'm like I said, I'm not suffering, but that's a little thing. But it, it might be a big thing down the road, I don't know. Sometimes it's not getting everything that you want. And this next one, number three, thoughtfulness to share. It can be tough for us guys. I'm not going to lie. Thoughtfulness to share. Deeply engaged in the life of your family. It's about sitting knee to knee, nose to nose, toe to toe with your wife and saying, what's going on in your world right now, honey? What is your greatest fear? What is your greatest challenge? What's going on in your life, Lord, uh, uh, honey, that I can help you with? See, the truth is, if we would get this right and we would engage within our families, there would be a whole lot less divorces coming down the pike. If we would just communicate and engage ourselves in the lives of our family. How about your children? How about sitting down and saying, how was your school? What was hard for you? Did you... Do you have any fears? What's your greatest joy that you had this past week? Engaging yourself, man, getting out of your head and what's going on in your world and sitting down and be willing to talk and to listen to what's going on with your family. A thoughtfulness to share, a willingness to, to sit down and to listen. I mean, too many of us men suffer from NPD, narcissistic personality disorder. I didn't make that up. That was actually in the books. It's Google. It's got to be true. Um, but we suffer from this thing of we get caught in our own heads. And we don't take time to step out of what we think long enough to hear what's going on in other people's heads. So a thoughtfulness to share. And the last one is this. And I almost didn't put this one. An openness to suffer. To endure hurt and pain willingly. And I'll tell you, so many people have stepped into our lives to help us over these last couple of months. It hasn't been a whole lot of fun. But you know, I can at home see my wife struggling sometimes. And I can make a choice, can I? I can step in and say, honey, what's going on? And I know what it is. Or I can ignore it and go out and pretend so that I don't have to deal with it, the pain. We need to be willing to step in and endure pain and hurt. I mean, I'm kind of tired of hearing guys going, I don't go to funerals, I just don't do funerals. Well, it ain't about you, is it? I can't go to hospitals and visit people, I just don't like hospitals. It, it ain't about you. We need to be willing to endure pain and hurt on behalf of others and sometimes that makes us really uncomfortable big deal we're not the ones suffering they are they need us and my wife suffers from me too it's like 
you know, this morning we're trying to pick out clothes for me. And I'm, you know, I'm two tacos away from fat camp, as it is. And so, you know, I tried on some khaki pants. Because I'll be honest with you, I was trying to get an outfit where I didn't have to wear a coat and, t- coat and tie. So I put some khaki pants on, and, you know, I'm like, honey, does these pants make my butt look big? You know, she said, no, your butt makes them look small. <laughs> she didn't really say that, but that's what she, she said it without saying it. But then I put the gray ones on, and she said, oh, yeah, you looks like you just lost, tw- tw- you know, 20 pounds. I was like, whoo, I got to buy five pairs of these. I said, but I'm like, but if I wear those, honey, those cover up, those have a hole in the butt, and I have to wear a coat to cover it up. See, y'all wouldn't know that, because I got a coat on. It covered. So I had to wear my coat anyhow. So she has to suffer with me through stuff like that. But honestly, eagerness to serve, a willingness to sacrifice, a thoughtfulness to share, and an openness to suffer. Now, in your program, on the back, I put a couple of questions. Now, for me, one of the things I like to do, and the way I process, is I'll go and I'll sit somewhere, Panera, Starbucks, or somewhere, and just get away, and I'll go through questions, and I'll answer them as honest as I can, and just spend some time thinking about questions, and that's just the way I process. So, I'm, I'm going to give you some questions, man, and my my desire is that you would go sometime this week and you would sit down with these questions. Women, if you want to do it, that'd be just as good to sit down with these questions and kind of work through them. Okay, it's your homework. The first one is, what is your present attitude towards your family? What is your present attitude towards your family? Is there anger there? Is there hurt? Is there resentment? What is it? Honestly, what is it? Question two, how sensitive are you to the needs of your family? How sensitive to you are the needs of your family? Question three, when was the last time you said no to yourself for your family? When did you say no to yourself for your family? Or is that a problem for you? And number four, have you submitted your life to Christ in order to to love your family. Remember, if your motivation ain't right, if your motivation is not seated in your relationship with Jesus Christ, if it's not out of deep reverence and respect for Jesus Christ, if it's not tied up in that relationship, if that's wrong, if that's hurting, if it's not there, if there's not a connection, then you're never going to be the kind of person that can submit. It's always going to be about you. Your pride's always going to dominate. Everything's going to come back to how it affects you because you're not truly able to submit unless you're totally in, bought in into your relationship with Jesus Christ until your pride has tapped out and you said no more about me and about God and then God gives you the strength and the power to love people in such a way that you're willing to submit. It's voluntary. Just because you have a relationship with Jesus doesn't mean he's going to make you submit in the way that you should to others. We're to have the same mind that Christ Jesus had. You go back and read that Philippians chapter 2 over and over if you want to. You may have heard it a hundred times. You go back and read it and you think about the kind of mind you're supposed to have based on those verses that follow. And I want you to write down, i got two more questions I want to add to that list that I thought of after we printed 
Fifth question is, how would your family answer these questions for you? How would your family answer those questions? And the last one is, what are you going to do with what you've heard today? What are you going to do with it? Too many times we hear and we don't do. That's why James was hammered so hard, didn't it? Don't be hearers of the word only, but be doers. Because we have a tendency to hear and not do. So what are you going to do for the sake of your family? Now, I asked the children, the children's workers, to give me some pictures. And they, they gave me some pictures. And what I asked them to do, and I don't know if y'all can see that or not. I'm going to be honest with you because I'm getting blind as a bat. And I have no clue if you can see that. Can y'all see that pretty good? Okay. It's just me then. I had them print them out for me because I couldn't see them. Is that <laughs> I asked the, the children's workers downstairs, I said, have the kids draw a picture of their daddy and write on there what is the most important thing to their dad. Now, these are little kids, okay? What is the most important thing to their dads? Um, the, the top left says the beach. My daddy loves the beach. He, he always flips, F-L-E-P, flips me in the pool. The other one says, my dad loves soccer. You can see the soccer ball. One of them's fishing. My dad loves fishing. The other one says, my favorite thing to do is playing, my dad is to play games with me. Oh, that's kind of cute. And you can go to the next slide. Um, My dad likes to play baseball. I like the one with the little yellow heart. It says, my dad likes Dunkin' Donuts. I don't think my children were down there that day, but they could have been. And they also like yellow. That's why they drew the yellow heart. Below that is my dad likes music, and my dad likes to work at Chick-fil-A. We got one more set there. My dad likes baseball, watching sports. He loves animals. And the top left says, my dad loves to go on daddy-daughter dates with me. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, aww. These are children, and I asked these, them to do this, and, and the reason why is because I knew that these answers wouldn't be super spiritual and deep, but what, I, but what I wanted to say is, in 10 years, those children downstairs, as they grow and they get older, what do you want them to say is the most important thing to you? Do you want, I hope that you want them to say the most important thing to my dad is God. It's his relationship to Jesus Christ. And he loves my family. I hope in 10 years it ain't fishing. I hope it's not watching sports. I hope it's not playing baseball or golf. I hope as dads that we engage with our families and submit to them and their needs and we serve them and show them who Jesus really is by our actions. Now this morning, dads, men, women, I want to open up the altar. I don't know what you need. I don't need to know if you need to come and, and tap out. Say, God, my pride's kept me from doing what I need to do as a dad. I don't know if you're here as a mom and you go, hey, I haven't been helping in this area of submission either. 
I've been prideful too. It's not just men who need to tap out their pride for God's sake. And this morning, listen, one of the things I'm going to be down here praying about is there's too many moms that are trying to be dads because their dad's not there. It's not in the picture spiritually. Not there. Maybe your dad is trying to be dad and mom. Maybe you need to come and pray for some of those that you know are trying to do that because that's not easy.